Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello again. Thank you for tuning in to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle and I am One Organized Mama. Episode 79 tips for overcoming challenges for my small business owner friends out there. So this is again a part of a series that I'm doing for small business owners. And it's not I know I've talked a lot about what it's like to be a professional organizer. And a lot of my business tips have been geared towards professional organizers. This series kind of takes a wider approach. And can be applied to just about any type of business. Um, I've said it before that I am most familiar with service-based businesses, but if you do have a product-based business, I'm sure you can definitely learn some tips and tricks from these uh, episodes that I'm sharing. But first, I wanted to let you guys in on a little something that's been going on. If you notice by looking at the dates, it's been well over a month since I've published a a podcast episode. And I alluded to it earlier in the year, I think around January, where I said, you know what, our family is facing kind of like a big downsizing moment. We have some big changes coming to us personally in 2022. And here's what it is. We are actually moving across country from Las Vegas, Nevada, to Southeast Georgia. So literally across the country. From what I've been told (laughs) from a lot of people, they're like, oh my gosh, you you can't make more of a, a different move. I mean, from, you know, Sin City in the desert to coastal Georgia, totally different worlds. Like I might as well be moving to a whole new planet. But I'm super excited. Everyone has told me I will absolutely fall in love with the Georgia coast, and I'm super excited for that. So that being said, we've been super, super busy around here. Things have been really crazy, um, more so than usual. Um, I will admit that a couple of podcast episodes have probably probably been inspired by what we've been doing around our home the past couple of months, including one on how to keep your marriage intact while you're trying to declutter and pack your house. So yeah, so there's been some, uh, there's been some rough patches, I'm not gonna lie. But we're working through it. (laughs) We're getting through it. Hopefully, we'll still have like a marriage and a family intact by the time we make this move. So we're just in the process of getting we're about a month out from getting our house listed. So I have one room completely done, floor to ceiling, not a thing in there. So super grateful to be that ahead of the game um, before we even get the house listed. But my biggest advice to you, if you are going through anything similar, is declutter as much as you can. 
I mean, this is a time to be like hardcore about it. And that's honestly what's causing some of the uh, the arguments and, and the fights um, amongst my family is do we really need that? Do we because it, it's, it's expensive. I mean, like, especially right now with um, a lot of migration happening where people are moving and rental or not rental companies, moving companies are super busy and gas prices are high. It is extraordinarily expensive to move. And I'm not going to lie, I'm stressed about it constantly. And so I'm literally telling my family members, I'm like, do we really need that? Like, can we buy that in Georgia? Like, do we, when was the last time you used it? I mean, like I am, I'm a nut right now, I'll be honest. But, um, and so, yeah, that's where we're at. But I will say declutter because I've gotten rid of a lot of stuff and, I honestly like stuff that I got rid of that I never thought I would get rid of like a month or two ago, haven't even thought about it. So I think sometimes we're just super attached to our things. And but once they're gone, just the relief of like I said, having one room completely packed and done and finished one month out from listing our house and putting out in the market is I mean, the peace of mind and having that knowing that we're ahead of the game is priceless, really, quite honestly. So I'll keep you guys posted on our progress there. So I've been doing a series on that's again, geared towards small business owners. And for this episode, I'm going to be talking about some of the common challenges that we all face. Of course, I like to put my own spin on it. And I also like to let you guys know that this is like from the heart personal advice that I'm giving you. All of these challenges are things that I have faced. I have been in small business since officially 2012. So I'm going on my 10th year, started a professional organizing business. I run One Organized Mama as a learning resource through the podcast, through my website, through online courses, and one-on-one coaching. And in addition, I have started and maintained a real estate business for the past three years. And because I'm just, what am I doing? (laughs) Yes, I'm going to keep my business, real estate business in Las Vegas and start one in Georgia. So I'm headed out to Georgia next week to meet with a broker and just trying to, yeah, kind of keep it all together. But I am here to tell you, I'm definitely one of those people that put a lot of stuff on my plate. But I also like to have fun. I like to not always lose my mind. So these are some tips that I've learned through the years through personal experience of how to overcome those challenges when I'm piling things on my plate constantly. So let's get started. All right. All right. One of the first challenges that we face when we're in small business is a very common challenge. It is the lack of money and or sales. So the first thing that I want you to consider is why are you not getting the business? And that's something, again, that I've had to take a look at. So identify what the issue is. If you aren't getting any calls, I mean, if no one knows you exist, then it's not necessarily like you have a bad product or service it's probably a marketing issue. And that's not something that I'm going to really get into right now. I do hope to do a future episode on that and talk a little bit about what my personal experience is with marketing. 
But if the phone is just not ringing, if customers or clients are just not able to find you, if you're just you're just not on their radar, so that is definitely something that is a marketing issue. Now, what if you are getting those calls? You're getting those leads. Those potential clients and customers are coming to you for business, but nobody is buying. What what can you do? What I mean, that's hard. Like you've put your heart and soul into this product or service. And if nobody wants you, I mean, you know, rejection's hard to take. So I've totally been there. So a few things that I want you to consider and to take a look at when it comes to this um, challenge is first and foremost, do you need to make a price adjustment? So a lot of times we as consumers, we just want price. Like we just want the best deal, the best price, um, unless we see value in an item. So think about it for a second. You can buy a purse at Walmart, but you can also buy a purse at uh, a high-end department store or a high-end store. I'm obviously not a purse person, so I don't can't think of one off the top of my head. But let's say like, Dolce and Gabbana. So there's definitely a difference. And why would one person pay for a purse that's maybe, you know, $15 at a, uh, you know, retail store like Target or Walmart, but then pay $1,500 for something that's more high end? Well, it's the value that they see. So what are you offering when it comes to value? And so what you may need to do is kind of take a look at your pricing structure a little bit and really communicate what are people getting for their money? Because maybe they just don't quite understand what the value is that you're offering. Because I know that it's an automatic instinct sometimes to just lower your price or offer discounts. And that is definitely a pricing strategy that you can use, but it's not one, again, personal from personal experience that I would encourage you to do too frequently. I made that mistake early on where I, you know, was shocked at how much people would pay for a professional organizer. And so I had this weird guilt that I had to overcome where I um, really didn't value myself. I didn't put the value on myself. And because I didn't put the value on myself, that was not coming across to potential clients and customers. Also, something to consider that even though it is okay to offer a discount, you should really only do this very sparingly. Like for instance, offer an introductory discount. So if you just want to kind of get business, your your book of business going, it's okay to offer like, hey, I'm just to give me a try. I'm going to give you an introductory discount. And that way you can kind of start to build rapport. You can build your portfolio of your work. You can sell more products. You can just get your whatever it is that you're selling, you can get it out there. But what you don't want to do is you do not want to condition your clients and customers to always expect a discount from you. So I like to use the example of Kohl's. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Kohl's or if you have a Kohl's, which is a department store in your area. But my sister is a big Kohl's shopper. She buys all of her family's clothes there. And for whatever reason, it's just not a store that I've shopped out frequently. And part of the reason is this. 
We went shopping yesterday for family. Kids needed stuff. My husband and I needed stuff. My husband said, why don't we just go to Kohl's? And I said, but I don't have my sister with me. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, she usually has the coupons. And so I have been conditioned that I can't shop there unless I have one of her coupons or unless I have her with me and she gets whatever kind of um, uh, discount or whatever. I know I could also sign up for that and get it for myself. I just don't because peer location, there's just not a, a Kohl's location close enough to me that it's worth my time to do it. But I have been conditioned because I know there's always a coupon. So it's hard for me to go in, pay full price or even sale price for a lot of the stuff because I don't have a coupon. So weirdly, I find myself going other places to shop where I they don't even offer coupons. So I'm sure there's other things like that in your life, like businesses that you'll do business with that you're just always expecting like some kind of a discount. So you don't want to condition your clients to, to expect a discount because it can kind of sort of really kind of messing with your margins and your bottom line. And you just, again, it's a value thing. You want to make sure that you're conveying what your value is and you don't have to apologize for not having discounts. Um, I've done the, you know, military, first responder, teacher, nurse, you know, whatever discount thing occasionally in my business. And then quite honestly, I pulled back and we're a first responder family slash military family. And, you know, I actually get, I kind of, I don't like my family to ask for discounts. Again, I kind of put myself in the the business owner's shoes and stuff because I know, like I said, I mean, I'm not above like, you know, that, but I just understand, especially when it comes to a small business owner and sometimes how tight those margins can be. And there's just a lot of stuff, a lot of expenses that we have as small business owners that the general public does not um, understand. They don't understand that we still have to pay our taxes. We have a lot of overhead. We have supplies. You know, we have a lot of expenses that come out of our paychecks from our clients. So don't get your clients used to discounts. Don't let them get conditioned to that. But also, so it may not be a price problem. I want you to really be able to convey your value. Like, why are you worth this price? What value do you bring to your customer or your client? How is it that you enhance their life, that you make their life better? That's how you convey the value. How can they not live without you? All right. The other thing that I want you to consider if you're just not bringing the sales is, are you are you too niche if that's a word are you too much niche like are you like you just have like you're super super specialized in something well maybe it's time for you to kind of like broaden your range a little bit maybe consider bringing in other streams of income and the way that you do this is you start saying yes to more opportunities this was something again that i did with one organized mama Obviously, with a, as a professional organizer, I was letting people know I'm there to organize your home, your pantry, your kids' room, but sometimes the business gets a little bit slow. So when I started building a team, I started to panic a little bit because I wanted to keep everybody working, keep us all busy, keep the income coming in. 
So what I started to do was when people would call me for organizing related services like personal assisting, shopping, even estate sales, a lot of different things like that are helping plan, you know, not not big events, but like a baby shower, helping with the organizing of that. I realized that we do have a lot of different talents and skills that can be utilized. And so I said yes to other opportunities just to kind of fill in some of those gaps. So when business was a little bit slow, I needed to kind of pump up some revenue or income. I was able to put myself out there or my team of organizers out there to help with other things just to kind of keep the business coming in. And then we can kind of when things were busy and we were bringing in the money, we were able to sort of pull back and focus on what we wanted to focus on. So say yes to other opportunities and you'll, you never know. You never know what other kind of streams of income that can come from just saying yes and kind of what this cool path can take you down. So take a look, take a bird's eye view of the money situation and try to figure out. And the other thing I wanted to say about this too was a pricing strategy. Okay. This is what I mean, especially if you're a service-based business. When you charge an hourly rate, there's this weird psychology that happens with all of us. If somebody tells me that they charge $50 an hour, then I am like counting the hours while they are um, in my home or when they're doing that service for me. (laughs) Funny story. um, So when I went through my divorce, I had a very amicable divorce with my ex we decided to use a mediator and um, go in and both pay for it because we were in agreement on on all of our terms. And so when the mediator, who's essentially an attorney, told us his rate, it was like, I don't know, like $300 or $400 an hour. I about had a heart attack because he said it usually takes about like anywhere from five to 10 hours. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) We will have this thing wrapped up in like less than two hours. And so sure enough, I was like, "Get tell me everything we need to bring. Tell me everything that you want us to go over. And I literally watched that clock. I mean, I literally was like, to the point where he's like, wow, I've never had anybody do this before. But when you're paying that much money, I was like, no, no. So I met with my ex with coffee several times. We hammered out all the paperwork, did all the terms, got everything ready. And I literally went into that appointment and I was like, here, this is our decision. This, you know, handed them the paperwork and stuff. And I think we got it done in like an hour and 15 minutes. And I think he said it was a record. So that just because again, I had like $300 an hour. Are you, this is crazy. Like this is a lot of money. But if he would have said, I do divorces for $999. Then you know what? Honestly, I probably would have paid a lot more money to get my divorce done. Because there's something with pricing. I don't know what it is, but I promise you, if you, this will change your business. With One Organized Mama, I was at $50 an hour. And so when people would call, I noticed that they were like $50 an hour and no. So instead what I did, I was like, okay, what's the average that I'm willing to work that's a successful organizing session? So I determined it's probably about four hours. So instead when people called and they asked how much, I said $199 for a four-hour session. 
boom, they booked time and time and time again. Why? What? <laughs> if you do the math, there's like a $1 difference between $50 an hour for four hours and $1.99. I don't know. It's some kind of psychology type of thing. So again, take a look at your pricing strategy and see if you can do something like bundling hours, offering some different services, again, bringing in that value component to your pricing so that your clients, your potential clients know really what they're going to get from you. Okay, the next challenge is losing or lacking momentum or even losing momentum. So this is kind of where you feel like you're on the hamster wheel, where you're on the hamster wheel, you're just not making any progress, you're not moving the needle in your business, and you don't know why. So this is the time to be honest with yourself. And oftentimes, it's probably a time management issue. If you're really honest with yourself, and again, guys, I've, this is me, I've done this, I'm, I'm like, preaching because I've been here. And what I had to really take a look at and say, see is, is my time being spent watching others? And what do you mean by watching others as a voyeur? Not like a voyeur, but social media on TV? Or am I doing like internet searches and going down the Google rabbit hole of looking at my competition or people that I wish I was like? or businesses that I wish I was more like. And then it goes from that to this whole other thing. And next thing you know, you're watching like silly cat videos. So are you spending too much time watching others and not enough time doing your own thing? Or maybe that it's the amount of proactive hours that you're spending. I want you to time yourself. My, (laughs) nothing gets my kids more irritated when I'm like, you want to do this for an hour? Time yourself. You'll see how fast an hour can go. And I've actually tried this a few times when I'm like, oh, I just need to kind of zone out. And I've put the timer on my phone and I've done it for my kids too, just to see like, look, an hour goes by in a blink of an eye. And if you're not paying attention, you can get sucked into a lot of non-productive activities. And so I really encourage you if you're like, you know what, I just want to kind of zone out, watch Netflix, or I just want to kind of scan my phone, get on social media. Before you do that task, do the same thing. Just put your timer on. And then when you finish, you'll see how much time you're actually spending doing these. This is just a tool for you to use just to get an idea are you are you spending a lot of time on non-productive tasks? All right, are you focusing on non-priority tasks? And sometimes this can also be an, a money issue. So for instance, um, if there, maybe this is something that when you're more of like a creative-minded person, just as an example. So maybe you realize that like, you love creating whatever it is that you put out there in the world. But again, you're not spending enough time marketing it. So you may be creating this masterpiece. But if you're not making the time and, and priority to, to market it, to put it out there in the world and putting some effort out there, then then what does it matter? Then you're probably not going to move that needle on earning an income doing it 
or really kind of building your business. So be very aware on what you're focusing your time on. Here's another thing. And again, we all do it. Make excuses. So how do we overcome that? You have to go back to your why. Like if I am making excuses, for instance, if there's something in my life and I'm like, oh, I just don't really want to do that. I stop myself and I'm like, then why is it even on your list? Why is it even on your radar to do anything? And ask yourself why? Because sometimes we just say yes to things or agree to things just out of pure obligation, but it actually, we don't even want to do it. And then we find ourselves making excuses. So if there's an element of your business that you're finding yourself just making excuses on, stop, ask yourself why, and kind of dive deep into that and know your why. All right. So the best thing for you to do if you're not getting momentum, again, bird's eye view, you're going to hear me keep saying this, bird's eye view, you may also want to get a mentor. And that was something that I've done at different times in my business and both businesses is just go get a mentor. It can be a friend. It can be someone that's a few steps ahead of you in the game. It can be through the small business administration. There's a lot of different things out there you can do podcast, you can do, there's so many options out there for coaching, but you definitely want someone that can kind of help you take a step back. Again, that bird's eye view of why are you not making that momentum if you've kind of already gone through those other things that I laid out for you. Okay. The next challenge I want to talk about are those critics. Oh boy, do I love to talk about critics. But I'm talking about the critics, not just on the outside, but I'm also talking about the critic that's inside, that's inside our brain, that fun little voice that's like, why, why are you doing this? Who do you think you are? You know, everyone's going to find out that you really don't know what you're doing. And so it's called the imposter syndrome. And it's something that I've talked about quite a bit. It's actually something that is a real thing, like according to like, psychology don't, I should have looked this up, but it's like an actual syndrome where it's like that voice in your head. And here is what I am here to tell you. It eventually goes away. I promise you it does. It's the worst critic because it knows all of your weaknesses and knows all of your mistakes. It likes to remind you of everything, you know, that you've done wrong in the past. So what to do about the critic on the inside? Well, here is what I've done. I am big in writing down what my goals are. Not only am I big on writing down my goals, but sometimes like putting a star or highlight or like an achievement in there too. Like, hey, finally, you know, got this accomplished. And then what I really do like to do is I like to look back. So I'm a big one on like having a written planner And it's a lot of fun. Again, I'm in the process of moving. So I've kept like a lot of my planners throughout the years. And as I've been packing them up and stuff, I actually like to look back. I like to look back and five years ago, 10 years ago, especially 10 years ago when it was right on the eve and cusp of me starting my own business. It is so exciting because it takes me back to where I started And if I could just go back 10 years and tell myself back then, like, just keep doing it. Just like keep your head down. Like, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. 
you're going to laugh, you're going to cry, you're going to sweat, you're going to everything. But you know what, you can get there. And it's boy, is it fun and definitely enjoy the ride. Because when I look back, I mean, who was I to start a small business, right? Like I told you in a previous episode, I don't have a business degree, I don't come from a family of small business owners. You know, um, I didn't know what on earth I was doing you know, talk about critics, I had a lot of critics, you know, telling me like, who, who do you think you are starting a small business? But you know, I proved them wrong. I proved the critic inside wrong by actually just like I said, writing down my goals and writing down my, my achievements. And also I wrote down, have a learner's attitude. And now I don't think that's correct grammar whatsoever. So have a, have, have an attitude of, learning, I think maybe is said better, but knowledge is power, as we all know. And so I think that's the thing that I'm super grateful for. We live in an age where knowledge is at our fingertips. That is one thing that we can like harness all this craziness in the world is go out there, pick and choose what we want to learn from. And you can pretty much teach yourself just about anything. I mean, anything from a yoga class online to we've been making small repairs around our house and we've kind of just taught ourselves through internet searches and stuff. So we live in a day and age where all of that information is at our fingertips. And so I think if you go out there and you learn, you would be surprised. Like it doesn't have to be in a formal setting. You don't have to pay a lot of money um, to learn a lot of the stuff out there. The information is out there for just about anything to learn a new skill or talent or to just help start grow, start and grow your business. So take advantage of it. Now let's talk about the critics on the outside. Okay. First and foremost, you don't have to put up with any type of harassment. In fact, I just don't like I, nope. I, whether it's virtual, whether it's in person, I just don't have time for it. I am keenly aware of how limited my time is on this earth, and I don't have one second to deal with crappy people, period. So I always consider the source where the, where the criticism is coming from. And the best way to dis- to deal with it, number one, ignore it. Who cares? Like, honestly, like consider the source. I mean, sometimes I have felt sorry for people that have come at me for whatever, being small business owner, my podcast, being a cop's wife, whatever. I feel sorry for them. Like your life is in a place where you have to come at somebody that you don't even know. I mean, so I keep that definitely into perspective. And I've learned over the years, just ignore it. But you can also delete. And that's another form of ignoring. But what if that person is like actually in your life in your circle? You know what? Create distance. That is I have felt that is one of the most powerful things that I have done. Like I have We all have those frenemies, right? Let's be honest. Like the people that are, again, supposed to support you, but it's the, you know, it's the people that'll say like, how's your little business going? Like with their pinky in the air. And those are just not people that we need to deal with. And I'm totally fine creating distance from those folks. And, you know, when they come out and like, I haven't seen you in a while. I'm like, yeah, no, I've been busy, you know, just 
that's it. They, they, they have not earned the right to be like, to know about you, to gain any kind of insight about you. It's okay to keep those people at distance. You have my permission. I do it all the time. But I do want you to stand up for yourself. And I want you to do it in a dignified and respectful manner. So one of the things that I've learned to do when people have come at me is just simply say that my message is not for you. And that's just simple. That's all you have to say. My message is not for you. I know we live in this weird topsy-turvy world where like cancel culture, which I still don't understand, will never understand, whatever. But it makes me think of, again, the shopping reference. Again, last night we went, the kids needed clothes, shoes, we all needed kind of some stuff. So we went to a shopping center here in Vegas. And as we were walking around, it's one of the largest shopping centers in our city, there were a lot of options. So there were some of us that needed shoes, some of us that needed work clothes, whatever. And guess what? I didn't go to every single store. I chose the stores that I liked. I chose the stores that I've had good service at. I chose the stores where I like their branding or their messages. Same with my kids, same with my husband. Like we all kind of went to our favorite stores. So just remember your message is not for everybody and that's okay. And if you're one of those people out there that's like doing the harassing and doing the silly reviews online and stuff because whatever, you just want to give someone a hard time, shame on you, shame on you. I hope one day that you're in a position where you're really having to put yourself out there. But it's okay just to like, hey, my message is not for you, move along. And just keep it at that, keep it very dignified, very respectful, especially of yourself. But the last thing that I want you to consider when it comes to the critics is I, again, want you to to consider the source. And you need to determine, and sometimes you have to let down that guard because I am very guarded with this. Like I have really put myself out there. And again, anytime you put yourself out there, there's always somebody that has to come back at you. And it, it, and so after doing this for 10 years, I'm tired. You know, it's like that thing where um, when you're a brand new parent, the, the people who have the best parenting advice are the ones who don't have kids. The people at the best marriage advice are the ones who've never been married. You know, we've seen definitely in our world that nobody knows more about what's going, what the hot topic is in the media than people who've never done that job, don't have that expertise or experience. So there's always somebody, no matter what you do, that's never walked in your shoes, that has an opinion about who you are or what you do. So again, consider the source. And you need to determine, maybe the source is actually a good place, a good place, a good person. Maybe the source is somebody that is a few steps ahead of you. And it's not actually criticism, but it's a critique. So let down your guard when when it's appropriate and realize that you can learn, you can change, and you can do differently. And that especially as a small business owner, a lot of this is a lot about growth. And so don't be completely defensive with everything and everyone. And I kind of have a rule of thumb with this. If the person who's offering the, you know, advice or critique or, you know, when I decide is it critique or is it criticism, 
I actually consider like, are they, have they been in my shoes before? Because maybe they've been in my shoes, but they're a few steps ahead of me. So they just kind of know how rocky the path ahead can be. And they're forewarning me. Or is it somebody who I know really has my back, someone that really does love me, really does care about me, and they just kind of want to let me know something that's going on? That's when I will definitely take that critiquing. And I do it in a way where I let my guard completely down and, you know, I thank them for it. I thank them and I really take it to heart and try to do differently next time. So have you guys ever heard of this one? This is the next one. If you're not growing, you're dying in business. And I know, I I know, I get it. It's true. Like in business, you always have to like, this is a metric of, of, you know, when it comes to revenue, sales, money, like you have to be increasing year after year after year. Totally get it. Not disagreeing with that whatsoever. But there's a lot of different reasons why we all went into biz- business for ourselves, why we started our small business. I can look back again at 10 years ago, and did I have the intention of becoming like the biggest home organizing company in Las Vegas? No, <laughs> not even on my radar. In fact, quite different. Like, I remember telling my husband, like, I don't want to work and be like, you know, all over, you know, the valley and, you know, whatever. I don't know. I had all these like things I was saying to him that completely proved wrong a few years later. And he kind of jokingly liked to sort of tease me about it and be like, remember when you said you wouldn't do this? And here you are. And I was like, well, I'm kind of glad that I changed my mind. So why did I go into business? Well, honestly, I'll be 100% honest. I worked at a job outside of my home And it was one of those types of jobs where you had like bid for time off. And sometimes you had to bid like six months in advance. Or I think in some sections, you had to bid like a year off. So like you had to know like six months or a year out, like what, what time off you wanted. And at the time, I have a big age spread with my kids. I had a high schooler, an elementary kiddo, and then my youngest was a year old. And I was just like this is so depressing. And thankfully, I had a supervisor, my very last supervisor, where I worked was an amazing woman. She was so sweet and kind hearted towards me and really kind of just fudged the rules a little bit and let me take some time off when I needed to. But um, that was a big motivator. I was like, you know what, I'm going to work so hard where I don't have to ask for someone's permission on how I'm going to spend my time. I don't have to compete and bid and do the seniority thing with like who gets a veteran's day off, which is always on a Thursday. And when you're a low seniority person, it's you. You get Thursday on veteran's day off. Um, and uh, I just didn't want it. I, I hated going to work on Christmas morning. Um, the type of place I worked for was like 24-7, 365 days a year kind of place. And yeah, there were times where I cried because I, you know, was going to work. And I know, I mean, I'm I'm not being a princess here. My husband was in law enforcement. And so we had plenty of holidays where we had to celebrate without him. So I'm not acting like a princess here. Like I was a military spouse too. So I know what it's like. But when you have both parents gone on a holiday and you're having to leave your children home, 
totally different thing. And I just didn't want that. It wasn't that important to me. And I wanted something different. I wanted control over my time and my schedule. So that was a big, big motivator for me going into small business. So when it comes to growth, this is one thing that I figured or that I realized during growth. Yes, I needed to increase sales year after year. I did. But I also realized that a big motivator was that personal growth factor and why I went into business. Their family, reasons for family, freedom, free time, opportunities, travel, and even forming some type of a passive income. So those were my personal indicators for realizing that growth didn't just mean in a financial sense, that it also meant that it was okay to grow in other areas. And even if that meant that on the revenue side and the sales side, I didn't surpass my previous year's you know, revenue goal, that was okay. I was totally fine with it because maybe I had some other personal goals that year. Maybe I was able to actually make all of the soccer games. Um, I felt like, you know, my kids weren't like completely orphaned and just being dropped off and stuff. Like I was able to be a little bit more of a present parent. So we all have our reasons why we got into small business and just remember yours. And I know there's these like dire warnings out there. Like if you're not growing, you're dying. Again, kind of just take a step back. Remember your why. Why did you start this? Why did you get into it? And it also doesn't mean that you have to necessarily be this like internet sensation. You don't need to go viral or form a corporation or be like a Shark Tank success either. So if you're just happy, like I love my clients, I love serving the people that I serve. And because of that, it allows me to do these other things in my life. That is great. That is growth. So just keep that in mind when people are trying to like, I don't like revenue shame you if that's a term, but we just made it up. So just again, keep an eye on the why. And just remember why you went into business for yourself. And just keep that into perspective. Okay. Another challenge. This is very close to my heart. Stop the noise. The other day we had dinner. My husband and my two kids were literally, all three of them were sitting at the same table talking to me at the same exact time. And I stopped them. Like, do you guys all realize you're speaking to me at the same exact time? Like they don't even realize the other one, the other two people are talking. So I had to kind of like chill out for a second and then kind of go through and let them each have their have the floor with me. But doesn't that what it feels like sometimes as a small business owner, like you want to throw your phone through the wall. And I'm never I'm, I'm freely admit like I make someone's always irritated with me because I haven't returned a text message or an email or a phone call. But honestly, I have to prioritize. And I have to tell my friends that I'm amazed I even have friends left. Honestly, I'm so bad at returning text messages from friends. So bad. Um, and I should have them listen to this episode so that they can see what my life is like. Anyway, okay, so everyone wants a piece of you, right? Well, here is how you can overcome it and keep your sanity when the noise just won't stop. Number one, I want you to implement quiet time into your daily routine. You have to give yourself time away from the craziness, away from the chaos, away from the noise. 
give yourself a break from your phone. I, while I was able to focus on doing my notes for this, I was like hyper-focused. I'm like, ooh, I need to get a podcast out. Um, I left my phone in the other room. I didn't even notice until it started ding, ding, dinging and stuff. But I was like, oh my gosh, that actually kind of felt good just to be away from my phone for a little while. So give yourself a break. Also, here's a little tip. (laughs) I like to call it little white lies. I mean, okay, here's the thing. My family, especially my husband, thinks I'm like embarrassingly honest with people. Like I, one time for a job many years ago, I had to take a lie detector test and I couldn't, (laughs) I couldn't stop crying during it because it just felt like an awful person. I felt like I had to tell everything I've ever done wrong in my entire life. And I'm never, I'm not that bad of a person. I haven't really, I haven't broken any laws. I'm a decent human being. But when I was doing a lie detector test, they actually had to stop the test because I was having like heart palpitations. (laughs) True story. And I was like freaking out. And so um, my husband, again, familiar with lie detector tests, he's like, what is your problem? And so I like had totally, he's like, just remain calm just sit there. Just tell the truth. It's okay. Like, but when they were asking me these questions, I was just like thinking of every bad thing that like I've ever done in my entire life. And I mean, so yeah, that's how embarrassingly honest I am. Like if I'm telling someone something, I just look across the room and my husband's like melting in the floor, like, please stop talking. Please stop talking. Like, why do you tell people so much? You guys probably could pick that up from this podcast on some of the things that I like to share with you. So it's hard for me to tell a little white lie, but I've kind of learned the art of it as a small business owner and a mom and a wife and all of this other stuff. And here's, here's some little white lies that are okay. Number one, an appointment. I'm I'm headed into an appointment. I'm headed into a meeting. I was in a meeting. I was in an appointment or whatever, or kind of make your life where like you have little appointments. They don't need to know that that meeting or appointment was really you just vegging out in front of the TV for an hour while you caught up on like selling sunset on Netflix. Like they don't, they don't need to know that. Like your plumber doesn't tell you why they can only come Tuesday at three o'clock. Like you don't care. So just kind of like, again, it's about prioritizing and scheduling your life. And you have to distinguish what between what's urgent and what's not by prioritizing. So that's why I want you to do the brainstorm prioritize plan, because then you'll know this is not urgent. And it's also okay that to not respond because no response is a response. And with the exception of my friends. So if I have any friends listening to this and like, oh, thanks, Janelle. No, okay. For text messages, I just, I, it'll take me, it takes me forever to keep up with text messages. So that's not necessarily what I mean. Again, I mean in business. So sometimes when people respond to you, as soon as you get that business license, your email will blow up, your phone will blow up. Because I guess your information is sold out there. And so every person in the world who wants to sell something to you is contacting you. And it's okay, just no response. That's okay. It's your, again, it's a completely appropriate thing, especially when you just feel like you're being pulled in a lot of directions. But definitely, definitely, in order to stop the noise, you've got to get hold of your time management. 
And that is what I'm moving into next is a balancing act. How do you keep it all together? How do you balance everything? Let's talk about time management. I want you to brainstorm. I want you to get it out of your head and onto paper. I want you to circle your priorities. And then I want you to daily plan. Plan either the night before or first thing in the morning. Know what your plan is for the day. That does not mean you need a very robotic kind of life that lacks any kind of like spontaneity or last minute fun stuff. I don't want you to be like that. I want you to be a fun person. But if you manage your time, if you tell your time what to do, like this is my time to do this. Like I do that in the morning. I have a block of time where my family knows, leave me alone. I'm sitting at my desk. I'm working. And they do. They're trained. They're conditioned. And unless it's really urgent, they know to leave me alone because that is my time to focus on my work. So again, you, I talked about in the, the, the episode before I was creating systems. You need to also let go of any kind of idea of perfection and accept that not everything in your life is going to be equal. You need to look at your life like as different seasons. So if you're, I'm 46 years old and I realized that with this move across the country and going into my oldest is married, my daughter's in college and I, my youngest is entering middle school. So guess what? Like the seasons of my life are changing. So I'm no longer focused like I was 10 years ago on brand new baby, little one that still needs, you know, mom's attention and I need to be there for all the school plays and everything. And then high schooler getting him ready and prepared for life. Totally different season than I am 10 years later and super happy and super proud of that. So kind of embrace whatever season is in your life and realize like 10 years ago, my family stuff was higher priority. Now I'm moving into where work is something that I can actually put a feed a little bit more of my time into because my two oldest are out of, well, half one's halfway out of the nest. The other one is doing great. Um, And she, my college one is like one foot in, one foot out, which is super awesome. Happy that she's making it, taking her time with that. And you know what? I, I have some additional time. So my work bucket is going to get a little bit more full and that's okay because I was blessed to take the dive and to start a business that allowed me to give and be there so much time for my family in, in my family time bucket. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, time buckets, go back, look at some episodes about time buckets. Okay. Last thing, <sighs> big thing. All right. You are not for everybody. And I want you to hear that loud and clear. I'm going to repeat it again. You are not for everyone. But that is still a challenge. And I wrote that down as a challenge because we all go through there. We go through with the critics. We go there of why is this not working? And here's what I want to tell you. That once you accept, then you know what? A lot of things in your life are just a little bit easier. Not everything your life's not easier in general, but just some things when you, when you realize I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but also what you'll find is that if you embrace that you're not for everyone, 
and you just embrace that and you will find kind of this joy. And this has been a very recent lesson for me. I am a people pleaser to the max. I, 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 it's, I am so defensive when people, I feel like people are coming at me with criticisms or critiques. I don't like it when people don't like me. I promise you, I'm, I completely understand all of that. But it, there is such freedom and joy in realizing when you just embrace that, like, I'm not for everyone. And again, very, very new lesson for me. I want to pass along to you that you have been given unique skills and talents and abilities, and your business or your service is there for you to utilize those. So I just want you to embrace that. And again, if you think about it, when you go and you go shopping at a big shopping mall, not every store is for you, not every brand is for you. But there are certain brands that are for you. And that's okay. And it doesn't mean you have to like, you know, give a bad review on the brand that's not for you, you just leave it be You just walk right past it without giving it a second thought. And you just focus on what is right for you. So keep that in mind when it comes to small business. I know that you're putting your time and your talents and you've created this, it's almost like creating your child and putting it out there in the world for the world to judge and to critique. But also remember that your time is very limited. And I want you to be mindful on how you're spending it. I want you to focus on what your unique thing is that you're creating for this world. I want you to put it out there proudly and just share it. Share that service. Share that that talent, that gift that you've been given, your 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 you abilities that you've you know nurtured over the years, and be so super proud of it that it doesn't matter. Just at some point, a lot of that stuff is just other noise, extra noise, and I've told you what to do about that. Just ignore it. Have some distance with it. Walk away from it. But super proud of those of you that are out there starting a small business. Um, I would love, you know what? Um, over these next few months, I've kind of taken a backseat. I've kind of taken some pressure off myself with work and I know I haven't been getting podcast episodes out there, but you know what? Honestly, I think I really do. I love connecting with my listeners. Um, I've had sort of an epiphany lately about my podcast and and I thought, you know, I have to monetize it. I have to do this. I, I get emails from people all the time like, why don't you have show notes? And I'm like, I don't even know what those are. You know, um, I this is this podcast is just me sharing my message with whoever needs to hear it. And so, you know what? I'm on Instagram, one organized mama on Instagram. Email is oneorganizedmama at gmail.com. And I'm still offering like one-on-one coaching. So that's definitely something that I would be um would love to do to connect with more of you. I know you've heard some of my past coaching clients on this podcast, and they're amazing. Oh, speaking of which, you guys need to go over and listen to Samantha Brown's podcast, Her Healed Heart. She's launched her podcast. So I'm going to have her back on uh, pretty soon, whenever soon is. And um, But love it. Oh my gosh, love it. It's my new favorite morning podcast, Her Healed Heart. Love it. If you are looking for a life coach, highly, highly recommend Samantha. I have recommended her to like all my family and friends, but it is so inspiring and 
I just love her. I just love Samantha. So hi, Samantha, if you're listening, I'm super proud of you. And she started out as, as a, as a, somebody that I coached. And so I just, I feel like I'm so proud of her. So her heel tart, go check it out and subscribe and leave her a five-star review. Leave her a best, the best review when you get inspired. Tell her what you love about her podcast. So thanks for listening. And I will come back around pretty soon with you guys. But yeah, in the meantime, let me hear from you. I want to start getting better about responding and uh, touching base with you guys. So reach out to me if you're interested in one-on-one coaching or if you have podcast ideas that you'd like me to go over. And in the meantime, have a great time working on your small business.